I want God to help you. I want God to uh, intervene in your circumstances. I want good things for you. And so before I get going here, I want to bless you. I want to bless all of you. Uh, and, then, and then we'll dive in. I bless you now in the name of Jesus that you would know Jesus even more wonderfully. I bless you to receive healing if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit. I bless you to receive the guidance from God that you need, the help from God that you need. I bless you to flourish and prevail in whatever challenges you are facing right now in your life. And I bless you to feel hope and joy and love and peace, whatever is going on. I bless you with that. In the name of Jesus, may it be. All right. Welcome back to our Jesus series where we're talking about Jesus and we're talking about what it means to believe in Jesus and what it means to follow Jesus. Last week we talked about the two phrases. The first one, follow me. And what it is to follow me is basically to do what Jesus did and to follow his ways, his teachings, and his example. And then the second thing that we talked about last week was the phrase, come and see. And how one of the first things that most people were doing and, and Jesus was inviting people to do before follow me was come and see. And how you don't have to have any answers. You don't have to know anything uh, to, to be able to invite people to, to come and see. Come and see Jesus. Uh, hey, uh, we're talking about Jesus. Come and see. But what's that about? Come and see. <laughs> you don't have to know anything. Like it's, it's, So we talked about that late last week. Um, today we're going to talk about Nicodemus. Boom, right? <laughs> Nicodemus. We're talking about Nicodemus, John chapter 3. Nicodemus is one of the most brilliant people, one of the most godly people, one of the most um, Bible-loving, obsessed people, one of the leaders of the nation, a really, really good guy. We're going to talk about his story, uh, at least the, the beginning of it, uh, in John chapter 3. So I'm going to start with just the first verse here. And, and the, the first verse in John 3 introduces Nicodemus. It says, there was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Okay, so he's a Pharisee. Just to make sure we're all on the same page here, a, a Pharisee is basically a hero. The spiritual hero of the nation. The, the, there's two groups of people you're going to read about in the New Testament, Pharisees and Sadducees. The Sadducees and the Pharisees, they don't like each other. They have very different values and, and worldviews. The, the Sadducees are the priests. They're the ones that run the temple. They're the ones that have to do the sacrifices. So you would think that they would be the godly people, but no. The Sadducees are super secular. They're, they're super rich, and they just care about power. Money, power, and control. And they, so that's the Sadducees, okay? The Pharisees are the, the godly guys. They're these middle-class, uh, everyday guys who love the Bible, who know the Bible inside and out, who teach the Bible inside and out. They, they are the ones that, in the past, they have rid the nation of, of idolatry, and they've banned um, foreign idols, and just, they, they are trying to keep the, the nation from offending the God of the Bible as they have in the past, and to stay on track with, with the Word of God. Now, these, these groups are so distinct and so opposed to one another, even though the Sadducees are the priests, and they have control of the temple, because the Pharisees are the ones that actually care about the Bible and following it, the nation decided about 140 years earlier 
Oh, actually, then you add 30. So 170 years earlier, uh, 170 years earlier that the, that the Sadducees and their running of the temple and sacrifices, they have to do it as the Pharisees tell them they have to do it because they actually know their Bibles and the Sadducees don't care. Talk about conflict. Let me tell you, these guys are going to tell you how to do your job. Like, everybody loves that, right? So you've got these, these, these very different people. But, you know, these Pharisees, they love the Bible. They're obsessed with the Bible. They study the Bible. They fast twice a week. They are, they are, ext- they are dead set on living a godly life. And, and not only is this guy uh, a, a, fa- a Pharisee, he's one of the, the top-level Pharisees. He's one of the leaders of the nation. He's in the Sanhedrin. And so, and so it's not like he's just one of those brilliant rabbi guys. He's, he's kind of like a leader of, of them all. Like he's a really big deal. A Bible guy, a national leader, morally upright, as good as is possible, be obsessed with obeying the God of the Bible. That's Nicodemus. So then... We get to the next verse, and, and this man, this amazing guy, Nicodemus, c- comes to Jesus. It says in verse 2, uh, this man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we talked about that last week, meaning teacher. We, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, He cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. According to Jesus, that's what we're going to talk about today. Unless you've been born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You you need to be born again. You must be born again is the, the, the line of Jesus, the, the teaching of Jesus. You must be born again to be a part of Jesus' family. You must be born again to be a part of his kingdom. If you want to be a Christian, then you must be born again. Now, Nicodemus does not get this. He doesn't understand this at all. And, and, and that makes sense because you need to know about Jesus and him being crucified and being raised from the dead. So, you know, we're going to give him some, some slack here. This is all new, new to him. All his life, though, Nicodemus has been certain that he's going to heaven. All of his life, everything in his life makes him so dead certain that he's going to be a part of Team God. He was circumcised on the eighth day. I mean, I'm I'm just guessing I wasn't there. But, you know, it's no doubt, like, everything that it is to be right and godly in that culture, he's of the right family. He, He loves the Bible. He prays many times a day. He fasts many times a week. His, his running after God is more intense than most anybody in our generation. Like, this guy loves the Bible prayer. He's going for it. He's as good and godly as it's possible to be. And yet Jesus is saying... Not enough. Want to be a part of this kingdom? You have to be born again. Okay, what is, what is it? What, how, okay, what? Uh, Nicodemus is confused and he says stupid stuff. Like, how can anyone be born again when he's old? Nic- can he enter his mother? Gross, Nicodemus, stop. Just, <laughs> just, just stop. <sighs> Jesus answered, okay. Truly, I tell you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit. Unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, 
And whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. Okay, so in, in these verses here, we find out two things. Two of the four, but two things that must happen to be born again according to Jesus. Now, because I've not always read this accurately, meaning I haven't read this accurately, uh, I'm just going to clarify, but, but apparently, probably you all understand this rightly, and I'm just the one that has been off. I was, I was at the house uh, just thinking about this passage, and, and I'm just like starting to study it, and this idea of being born of water and born of the Spirit, and I'm like, wait, 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 what? I, I went into the kitchen. Kelly. So Kelly, um, how do you understand this, by the way? Uh, you know, I, I kind of understand, like, you're born of water, like, the first time, and then born of the Spirit, like, being born again. Or do you understand, like, being born of water, being, like, water baptized, and then Spirit, and then uh, Spirit? And she's like, yeah, yeah, the second one. I'm like, yeah, of course. <clears throat> Go back. Huh, everyone else is saying the same thing. And, and, and I was like, oh, wow, I, I guess, wow, I, I missed that one, but Kelly didn't. So uh, I, just in case you're like me and, and not as sharp as Kelly, which is probably, I don't know, I, probably I'm the only one. Um, but, but like the concept is the idea of being born of water and spirit, those are connected. You are born of water and spirit to be born again. The next verse has a contrast, flesh versus spirit. Flesh Natural birth, spirit. But those are contrasting, step one, step two. Whereas in that first verse, water and spirit, these two things that must happen for you to be born again. I missed that one, but hopefully I'm the only one. But I just, just want to throw that out there because it makes me much more uncomfortable. Because that, that raises the place of baptism and what it is to be a Christian much higher than I was ever trained or much, as much more important than I, than I would prefer it to be. If you want to be born again, you have to be baptized of water and the Spirit. Actually, there's four things that you need in order to be born again. And we'll see them in this passage all through the gospel. But the four things are this. You need to believe. You need to repent. You need to be baptized with water. And you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Have the Holy Spirit. Four things. Believe, repent, baptize in water, baptize with the Holy Spirit. To, to believe is basically to say, Jesus, I believe that you were alive. I believe that you were crucified, and yet God raised you from the dead. I believe in you for my salvation, that I believe that what you say is going to be true for me, that if I believe in you, you will forgive me. And a, 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 Yeah, I believe in you. I believe in you, and I trust you, and I am committed to following you for the rest of my life. I believe in you. To repent is to basically say, I was wrong. I've been wrong in how I'm living. I have made mistakes. I have sinned. And I am agreeing with you that that is not the right way to, to live. And I repent, and I turn, and I say, I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm going to live your way. And every time I make mistakes, I'm going to keep coming back and saying, I agree with you. That was wrong. I'm committed to living your way. I'm turning from the way I live. Repent. Baptize with water. It is what it says in the tin. You know, um, taking the plunge, whatever. Uh, being baptized. And then being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being full with the Holy Spirit. And whether that's like the second you believe, you receive the Holy Spirit. Example, John 10. Or, uh, Acts 10. Acts chapter 10. Or uh, at a moment right after you get baptized and somebody prays for you to receive the Holy Spirit and... Uh, like in Acts chapter 19 or something like that. But there are four things to be born again. 
Repent. No, sorry. Believe. Repent. Baptize with water. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I've taken it upon myself for this next small chunk of time, before, just a little bit here, to irritate everybody in the room. That, that's, that's, my, that's my current mission. It's not my mission. I don't want to do this at all. But I, I want to talk about water baptism because it, it seems to be a little bit more centrally important than I would normally want it to be. And maybe that you feel comfortable with it being. And I feel like I need to talk about this. But I also know that in this room, there's a lot of different backgrounds. And some of you have taken the foundations course. And I see the results that are coming back from the foundations course because I track those. And I see how much our background, whatever our background is, tends about baptism specifically, tends to be what we currently think about baptism in our generation. And I know that a lot of people in our church have had a wide variety of thoughts and background thoughts on baptism. So please, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to push any buttons. Maybe I'm trying to push everybody's buttons, but I'm trying to, I'm pushing my own buttons in this process. And I'm just looking at the Bible and I just want to know what it seems to be pointing to. Okay? So let's just keep calm. If you're really irritated, talk to Laura. Okay. In the days of the Bible, in the days of the Bible, people were baptized by being submerged in water. That's just a fact. That's not even, that's not weird. That's not a fact. Um, oh, you see all over Israel. In front of the temple, you've got all these mikvah, these baptism tanks, and people would just get baptized. You can see them in houses. You can see them in churches for hundreds of years, first 600 years for sure. You see these mikvah, mikvah, mikvah everywhere, baptism tanks where people would go under the water to be baptized. The reason why they would do that is because the Bible has two very clear, very clear meanings when it comes to baptism. What does it mean to be baptized? One of them you see in many passages, such as Romans chapter 6 and Colossians chapter 2. And it's the, and it's the joining in, the identifying with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So the image is, the, the pool is like a grave. And just as Jesus died and was buried, we join with him in his death. Now, he didn't stay buried, so we don't have to stay underwater, praise God, right? And so just as Jesus came alive, we get to come out of the water and, and, and like joining with his death, but also then joining in his resurrection someday. Just as Je- so we, it, it, there's a, a joining with Jesus in that. How much is symbolic? How much of that is, is literally what is happening? Um, I'm, not, I'm not even going there, but it's important. It's an important thing that's connected to baptism. It's this testifying of what's going on. I tend to say it's an outward sign of what's already happened on the inside, but there's, there's room to make it even more important than that if you want to. Um, the, the, the other imagery is the, of wa- washing away sins. Being baptized is the washing away of sins. In fact, when you look at it closely, it seems like it's actually the baptism moment where the sins are washed away. Acts chapter 22. Acts chapter 22 says this, and now why are you delaying? Maybe that's, maybe that's, if you haven't been baptized, maybe that's our key verse for today. And why are you delaying? Why are you delaying? Because I don't feel like I'm, no, okay, I'll just, whoa, stop, 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 I'm sorry. I'll get back to the notes, but. Why are you delaying? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins. And wash away your sins, calling on his name. That, that, the passage kind of says your, your sins are washed away when you get baptized. Like that's kind of connecting it, calling on his name. One of the reasons why it's so tricky to try and separate what happens at what exact moment is because back then they're all basically happening at the same time. 
It's supposed, to, it's supposed to be even the same day. Like it's all, and so, so we're trying to separate what peace does what, but it's, it's kind of one thing. And, and so, yeah, there, there's a little bit of things here. Now, I've not been taught that the actual baptism is when your sins are washed away. But I'm looking at the Bible, I'm like, ooh, that's not what I want to believe. That's a little bit challenging for, for my background. But, but whatever, whatever is going on here, baptism and the urgency of it is a much bigger deal than I tend to think about. I can't, I can't miss that in the Bible. I mean, in the New Testament, they're like, believe, and then get baptized right away. I examples all through the New Testament. Acts chapter 2. Peter's preaching, and he says, believe in Jesus, and repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Those are the four things right there. Believe, repent, be baptized, uh, receive the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8, Philip is in Samaria. He's preaching, and many believe in Jesus, it says. And then they get baptized in water. And then Peter and John come up, they lay hands on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. Believe, repent, baptize. Also in, in chapter 8, um, Philip is, is with an Ethiopian. They're on a chariot ride down towards Ethiopia. And, and Philip tells him about Jesus. He connects the, the passage, Isaiah 53, to understand it's about Jesus. It's the Ethiopian says, let's stop here. And there's water here. Can I? And he gets baptized right away. Uh, Acts chapter 10, Peter is invited to Cornelius' house, and, and, there's, and there's a family there and friends there, and, and they want to hear about Jesus. So he tells them about Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit comes as they believe. The Holy Spirit fills, up, fills them, and then he takes them out, and they, they get baptized in water. It's all at the same kind of moment there. Uh, in Acts chapter 19, you've got these people who um, Paul meets, and they know about God of the Bible, and, they're, and, all, and, and they've been baptized with John's baptism, but then he tells them about Jesus and make sure that they know the thing about Jesus and then they get rebaptized in Jesus' name and, and it's, yeah, they get baptized in, in water and then Paul lays his hands on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. That, that's, the common, that's the common thing um, that we see all through, all through the New Testament. In order to be born again, you need to believe, repent, baptized with water, filled with the Holy Spirit. Those are, the, those are the four things. Okay, Brian, let me pick at you. Okay, great. Do I need, need to be baptized with water in order to be born again? Yes. Now, everybody in my background is screaming at me right now. They're saying, what about the thief on the cross? The thief on the cross, Brian. The thief on the cross. The thief on the cross. He was on the cross. Jesus said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. And, and he wasn't baptized. He was definitely not taken off the cross. That would have just been mean and cruel. But like, that, that didn't happen. Okay, okay, great. Okay. Guys, guys, if you're on your deathbed, or if you lead someone to Christ on their deathbed, you don't have to put them underwater, okay? Just don't do that. Just, it's going to be fine. I, I feel very confident that that's going to be just fine. But if you're not in your deathbed, geez, just get, just get baptized, okay? Stop trying to pick. And, 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 and it's like just, okay, right, right? Just keep it calm. Just get baptized. Jeez. Jeez. Wow. Brian, in my background, oh, good, here we go again. In my background, we wait for a bit. 
to get baptized. You know, we, we just want to make sure that we're going to stick with it, that it's not some sort of impulse purchase or something like that. Like where you, I just feeling it, I'm feeling the moment, and I give my life to Jesus tomorrow. Wait, what? Like, like if I if I got to just kind of wait, I want to wait, and we're supposed to wait. You know, I don't know, maybe 30 years before, just to make sure. I don't know what I don't know what it is. And then maybe you take a class. Do you really know what you just did? And Okay, I, I want to make sure that you can theologically articulate salvation and the gospel. Like, do you really know what's going on here? Or, or are you just responding because Jesus just called you and you said yes? Come on, that would be ridiculous. Make sure you understand. Okay, that's my background, though. That's my background. And um, so I'm making fun of myself. And, and is that, and you know, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's really wise. Like, I totally get that. That's super wise. It's just the opposite of everything the Bible shows us and teaches about baptism. That's, that's the, that's the hang-up there. It makes a lot of sense unless you're trying to do the, the Bible way. But, but how do you know? What if they choose not to follow Jesus the next day? Well, look, you're encouraging them not to because the first thing that you're supposed to do to follow Jesus is then to get baptized. You're planning to get baptized. Like, that's what's going on in the Bible. Um, pushes my buttons, pushes our buttons, like that's, that's fine, that's, that's fine, repent, but believe, repent, baptize in water, baptize, boys, we're just trying to have fun here, guys, just, just fun, just fun, making sure we're, we're, we're getting our theology here with that, okay, what if, Brian, what, okay, we'll just, this is, what if I, I was baptized before I believed in Jesus, whether I was a baby or a kid or a, an adult or, or even a teenager, what if, what, what if I, uh, teenagers are changing the world, yeah, okay. So, um, what if I believed in Jesus, what if I believed in Jesus before then? Now, I want to just say, I do not think it's wrong to baptize babies. I don't do that, uh, but I don't think it's wrong, and, and I'm not saying anything, I, I understand covenant theology, I get this whole idea of, of it being like circumcision, about, about, um, uh, about being a part of God's covenant family, and from birth, I, I like a, a lot of that, and, I, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not knocking that at all. I, I just, I definitely wouldn't. I, if you've been baptized as a baby, I think that's an amazing thing that your, your parents wanted you to know Jesus and walk with Jesus and be raised uh, in Jesus' family. That's, that's, that's great. But when Jesus is talking about being born again, like, that's not what he was thinking about. He wasn't thinking about circumcision or next generation circumcision, uh, he, he was, he was, he was, Nicodemus, he was thinking about believing, repenting, and then being baptized in water. Uh, when the disciples are talking about believing, repenting, and being baptized in water, you know, they think of believing for the washing away of sins, believing in Jesus first. In fact, if you had been baptized, and there was lots of different reasons why people were baptized, and probably everybody in the New Testament who was baptized had been baptized in, in, for different reasons before this. Um, if, you, if you had been baptized, or whatever, it, it, you would get, once you knew about Jesus, then you would get rebaptized, or you get baptized in the name of Jesus, having, having believed and repented. Example, Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, uh, Paul meets these people in Ephesus. They have been baptized. They have been baptized by John the Baptizer. Uh, same God. All about faith, all about repentance, and forgiveness of sins. Like, same God, like, same, same thing here. Godly, godly guy. And, and yet it wasn't the same baptism. It wasn't the same. It says, into what were you baptized, he asked them. Into John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people that they should believe in the one who would come after him. That is Jesus and Jesus. When they heard this, they were, I mean, re-baptized, we would say, but baptized 
into the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in tongues and to prophesy. So you have, you have water baptism, and you got spirit right there. But I, I just want to clarify that, that it, we get confused when it comes to infant baptism or before you believe in Jesus' baptism and after you believe in bap Jesus' baptism because they both say the same word, baptism. And so we think it's baptism. But they're not the same thing, and they're not even trying to be the same thing. Neither groups would be thinking that what they're doing is the same thing as the other, or what they're trying to do. One group is saying, this is like circumcision. It's, it's, it's a covenant thing. This other group is, this is identifying, now that we believe in Jesus, we are identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness to wash, wash away our sins. It's like the difference between an engagement ring and a wedding ring. They're both rings. They're both to the same person. They are both about love. They're, or money, I, but you know, love, <laughs> whatever the reason, and, 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 uh, and yet, you know, just because you have an engagement ring doesn't mean it's inappropriate to get a wedding ring when the time comes, when you, when you get to that point where you're ready to make that commitment yourself, okay? So, so it's that kind of, so it's like the infant baptism or, or pre-giving your life to Jesus baptism, it's like an engagement ring, promised to Jesus, Promised to Jesus. That's the similar that to be a part. But even then, if, even people, they have this confirmation ceremony later to confirm this uh, as if uh, confirmation. And what is confirmation? Basically, it's like, well, instead of baptizing you later, we'll just say that this is, counts and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to get into that, but that's something that's not also not about. Uh, so you've got, you've got this infant baptism thing here, and, and it means like an engagement, engage to Jesus, and then... A believer baptism is like, I have given my life to Jesus to follow Jesus. I am making this commitment. And instead of giving Jesus a ring, I am being baptized in his name. Two different meanings. It's not weird to be like, we are engaged, and then now we are married. A ring here, a ring there. A baptism here, a baptism there. Okay, so putting that out there, um, I know that we're all on the same page in total agreement there. So, great. Uh, I, I do, I do... Uh, yeah, mm, I don't know how to recover from this. Anyway, so uh, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Are we, all, are we all friends here? So we're like, okay, so Brian, if if I have been baptized as a baby, should I get rebaptized uh, as an adult? And I, I would definitely say yes, not because the first baptism was nothing, but because there is a they, they, they are trying to be different things. But Brian, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. I know, I know, I know. But that's not applied that way. That's not what it means. You look at the Bible, there's, there's different baptisms, but there's one baptism, and I believe in Jesus' baptism, right? I believe in Jesus. Um, okay, super fun. You must be born again. That's where we're at. You must be born again. In order to be born again, there is, I believe, I repent, I'm baptized in water, and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, moving on from the baptism thing, what is it to believe in Jesus? What, what does it mean to believe in Jesus? What do we need to believe about Jesus in order to be born again? Jesus talks about that here with Nicodemus. A few verses later, after he talks about the, the two baptisms, then he, then he goes down and, and he gets to verse 14. And he, and he says, this is what you need to believe. He says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. So that everyone who believes in Jesus may have eternal life. Basically, everyone sinned, 
And everyone needs to look to Jesus and, and, and the death that he suffers on the cross for our sins. Everyone needs to look to Jesus. Uh, I need to look to Jesus. You need to look to Jesus. Everyone needs to look. Nicodemus needs to look to Jesus no matter how righteous and godly he is. We all need Jesus because there's a penalty that needs to be paid for our sin. Everyone has, has made enough mistakes, one at least, uh, so that there's a penalty that needs to be paid. And the penalty is death. That's the only penalty. That's the penalty that's owed. Okay? Bad news. Verse 16. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son, Jesus, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, die, but have eternal life. So the, the, the good news that Jesus continued to make sure, yes, he needs to die. The people can be forgiven. He's been sent by the God who loves you, who genuinely loves you. And, and as the one and only son, his death is able to take your death penalty. That, that if you believe in him, then his death counts. And so that you don't have to die. Then you can have life. You can have forgiveness if you believe in him and and. That great exchange take pla takes place. Then we keep reading. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in Jesus is not condemned. But anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only son of, of God. Everybody's starting point, and this is the shocker to the whole planet Earth and Nicodemus himself, is everybody's starting point is not heaven. We're not going to heaven. Everyone's starting point is, is we are guilty and that we need to pay the penalty, which is death. Many people like Nicodemus just assume that they're good enough and, and they're probably going to heaven for, for whatever reasons, but everybody's starting point is, is on their way to condemnation, on their way to hell, because we've sinned. But Jesus is standing there and saying, I have come so that doesn't have to be the case. God loves you. He is not a big fan of everybody going to judgment, and so he sent me to die on the cross so that there is a way for you to be forgiven and saved for your penalty to be paid so that you can live. Believe in me, says Jesus, and you can have life, eternal life. That's what it is to believe in Jesus and, and turn to him to be saved. Everyone from the most religious to the most atheist, everyone from the most morally good to the most corrupt and evil, everyone from the most brilliant to the most dull, everyone needs to be born again. I need to believe in Jesus, repent, be baptized with water, baptized with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to try and explain this one more time, but this time with a very popular meme. <clears throat> you get it, right? You're already putting it together. Oh, yes. So clever, Brian. Don't open your mouth and ruin it. Okay. I'm going to try anyways. <clears throat> the starting point for everyone, no matter how good or bad, is that we are in big trouble. Our house is burning down. Everyone needs to re be rescued no matter how fine they think they are. This is fine. 
This is fine. This is fine. This is not how most people think. Most people look around and they think this is fine, but it is not fine. And that's where the, Jesus is trying to make sure everybody knows this is, this is not fine. Everyone is on the path towards death and, and judgment. Everyone needs to be rescued and saved. And God loves you, and he's not okay with, with, with you going down with the house here. And, and, and he doesn't want anybody to burn up. Nice analogy. Great. Thank you. Uh, and so, so he sends Jesus into the burning house to take your place, to get you out, to offer to rescue you. If you respond, you believe in him to be saved. Jesus steps into the fire and he's like, believe me, trust me. Trust me, let me save you. Let me, let me save you. Let, let me give you life by getting you, you out, of, out of this place. Believe me. I think what would make this meme a little bit more accurate is you put a blindfold on the dog. Although he seems kind of dull anyways. But you put a blindfold on the dog and, and so he can't perceive the danger even more. And he can't see the rescuer uh, all that clearly. Uh, and, and yet he hears people calling it, you need to be saved. You need to be saved. This is fine. No, you need to be saved. You need to be saved. You need to trust Jesus. And most people are like, this is fine. A little toasty. It's warm. Finally, not classical. And, and yet, and yet there, there are some, though, who believe. And they will hear the message about Jesus. They will trust him. They will believe in him. And they'll let him save him from the fire. And those people will believe they will repent, they will get baptized in water, they will be filled with the Holy Spirit, and they will be born again. Jesus says to Nicodemus, no matter how good you are, you must be born again. Uh, otherwise, you can't see the kingdom of God unless you're born of water and the Spirit. You cannot see the kingdom of God. At the heart of Jesus' life and purpose and teaching is to make a way so that you can be rescued, so that you can be saved. That's what he came to do. In order to be saved, you need to be born again. Here's the challenges for today. It depends on where you're at in this process. Number one, if you haven't believed and repented, believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus today. Number two, if you have not yet been baptized with water uh, since you've believed, set a time today. Set a time today. Number three, if you don't know if you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit or been filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, I'm not worried about any theology at this particular moment with that topic. Um, if you, but if you have doubts, go for prayer and be like, I'm not sure. And they'll be like, do you believe in Jesus? You know, have you been um, baptized? And I'm just praying that you receive the Holy Spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit right now. Um, there are examples in the Bible of people being, receiving the Holy Spirit before they're water baptized. You know, just putting that out there. Uh, if, you have, if you have been born again, uh, then praise God and keep inviting people to come and see. Because we're talking about Jesus. Talking about Jesus here, we hope, this next season. Just invite people to come and see. I want to pray. I want to pray for us all. And, um, and then we'll go into this time. But, but spirit of God, spirit of love, spirit of unity, uh, spirit of harmony, spirit of truth. God, I am confident that it is, it is your deepest desire that we all be born again. And that, that, that Jesus, you, you came and you're, you're still seeking and saving the lost. Those who have not been born again, uh, you are eager for anyone of any background to, be, to believe in you and be saved, to be born again. If you're here, friends, and, and you've never said, you know, I believe in Jesus and, I, and taking those first steps of repenting, I suggest you do that right now by just having a conversation with God, saying something like this, God, here I am. Jesus, I believe. 
I choose to believe that you were crucified and yet you're alive. And I choose to believe that your death on the cross is, is, is good to take my, my penalty, past, present, and future. Forgive me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. Spirit of Jesus, I just pray um, peace and unity over our church. In Jesus' name, amen.